with a cane pole in his hand. Like a fool to dream sitting down by the street that leads him to Corpus Bay. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I want to go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, you get going, leave the sinking ship behind. Come on, the ride. Well, this will be interesting. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. If you're even up, there's a lot of people that spring forward just did not click in. Spring forward. Good morning. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just a old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning live right here on the bunkhouse, 7 to 10. Or 7 to 9 every Sunday morning live. Or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. I'm TJ Graney, your host. And Cody Ryan, the part-timer, is uh, he's just finishing up fishing the first tournament in the National Professional Fishing League Tournament Series. He's just finishing that up and... Uh, and then decided to tool over to Lake Texoma. And uh, so we probably won't. Uh, we, we might hear from him this morning. Hopefully we'll hear from him this morning. Beefsteak is rolling slowly this way. I imagine he's about right now. He's getting coffee at the 7-Eleven. And Road Rash is the ranch hand that gets here early and makes sure the gate gets open. The old pot belly stove gets fired up. Foal gets put on the coat hanger that's duct taped to the side of the building to make sure this signal gets out to you, the regulators, that listen to this show every week and send us emails and texts and howdies in the grocery store. We appreciate you more than you know. Uh, again, I'm TJ Graney. This is, man, I think we're probably in year 25 or 30 doing this show. and It's been a long time since I've been in the studio by myself doing the show used to be uh years ago i'd come in do the show by myself and then there was uh when cody ryan was still in high school and make him get up and come in here with me just because i wanted somebody else to talk to <laughs> and uh 
So that was good. That was fun. But this segment of the show brought to you by McBride's Guns. Uh, McBride's Guns, family-owned and operated gun shop. They're our local gun shop. They've got a gunsmith on site. They uh, looking for a particular firearm. They can help you with that. And the the other thing that uh, that comes up, and it comes up kind of often, is if you have an estate that has firearms, if you have somebody who uh, who passes away or somebody who's moving to a different stage in their senior life uh, and they've got some firearms, you can take them, load them up, and take them over to McBride's Guns, and they'll make sure that uh, they evaluate them and give you the the best price for those in uh it's, a, it's an amazing process, but they can get that taken care of for you. McBride's Guns, um, they're here to help you with all your firearm needs. You'll find them in the same place they've been for years, 30th and Lamar. You can call them at 472-3532 or online at McBride'sGuns.com because McBride's Guns is our hometown gun shop. Uh yeah, what a what a week, man. Uh, so, if you listen to this show very much, you know that we uh, we spend a lot of time talking about dirt. We got a lot of uh, a lot of interest in dirt ranches, farms, those kind of things. I guess some people are interested in I don't know other things. Uh, but my real interest is is in just dirt. I just I think it's interesting. And one of the things that so we bought a piece of dirt this week. And one of the things that I'd been working on, or, or a couple weeks ago, we bought this piece of dirt. And uh, for the last few weeks, I've been working with the different um, extension service. So it in. Uh, in your town, in your county, you have an extension service, and their job is to provide farmers, ranchers, landowners, even just homeowners with information about, I don't know, if you have a problem with fire ants or spiders or scorpions getting in your house or something going on, um, they are the, uh, you can call them and they'll help you look for solutions for those maybe have problems with the trees or the grass in your yard, your county extension service will help you figure that stuff out. Maybe you got uh, you want deer-resistant uh, plants, which I don't know. I think that's an oxymoron. I don't know that that's true, that there's truly a, a, a plant that deer don't eat. But um, they'll help you with that. And um, so they got me connected with, the Texas A&M, um, a, a tree specialist, um, an arborist, and he's over five or six counties, and he came out to my property and spent a couple hours with us just walking the property and pointing out the different trees on the property, and... um. And in the and then he would uh, write on these metal tags and allow me to, um, and then I'd put them on the on a limb on the tree, 
And so it was great because it, thank you, Road Rash. Uh, then I would, uh, so now when I walk my property, I have these little aluminum metal tags that have the name of the trees on them. And so I can begin to identify the trees on the property that might be boring to you. It, you may be going, yeah, okay, well tell us something exciting about this week. But it, it was, it was exciting for me. I don't know if that's an old guy thing or just somebody who's just interested in, but I loved finding that out. And then, uh, the other thing out there on the, on, uh, I think we're going to call it Blueberry Farm or Blueberry Hill with the idea of planting blueberry bushes out there. That uh, It's a long story that I won't get into, but um, I'd been seeing these uh, little areas around the property where there's just these feathers, just like a bird exploded. And, uh, and I saw yesterday... In the morning, I saw a hawk land in a tree, and I realized there's a, a nest up there. And so there's a, a pair of hawks that have made a nest, and they're whacking these birds. And I guess they're just killing these birds and eating them. And uh, and, they're, and that's what they're using to feed their, their little hawklets. But, uh, but that was cool. That was cool to see this huge hawk and um and i want i guess i need to now define what kind of hawk it is but uh just wildlife life on life's terms uh in in the real world getting outside of the city a little bit even though even our place here in the in town we and i know there's they have them even in downtown new york there's hawks that eat pigeons and um, our place here in in Austin, we have we have hawks in the neighborhood that land on the power poles, and you can hear them. But I don't know; it just seems different when you're out in the country a little ways. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm getting excited now. I'm getting excited now because it's almost turkey season. And last year, I. I had been putting off turkey hunting for years. I hadn't done any in a long time, and I'd been putting it off, and I thought, and I got invited to go out to a place near Marble Falls, and I thought, man, I, uh, I'm i going to just do it. I should go turkey hunting. I've got all the gear. I've got all the calls. i got everything I need. I'm just going to go do it. And last year, I went out and sat under a tree, and I, and I, I, call, I was calling these turkeys and I could, I could hear something, but it was really far away. I could, I could just hear them returning the call just, but they were really far away. And so I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that I was going to have any real success with it. I didn't, I, I thought, Oh my gosh, well, this is, you know, par for the course for me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get anything out of this. And, uh, but, but then I heard them get a little closer and so I ran over, I'd even gotten up and I'd walked kind of, you know, around a little bit and using my call. And, uh, and then I got back over to where I was going to sit up against this tree and I, and I heard them coming a little bit closer and I thought, well, maybe they are coming in. And I got up against that tree and, and tried to sit still, which is the trick. You got to be still. And I started calling on them and, uh, then they were getting closer and closer and finally, then I didn't hear from hear him for a while, 
And then all of a sudden, right behind me, and right behind me was a barbed wire fence. It was our property. It was the pro- It was it was cool to hunt on it, but uh, I was there was a fence and some brush between me and them, and I was just thinking, oh man, I'm gonna. Uh, they may not come over here. I'm going to just spin around and try and bust one, but I couldn't move because they were, they were just walking back and forth right behind me. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. And I was getting anxious and, and I just stayed, I just stayed sitting there and I squawked a little bit more, called a little bit more. And one of them ran around, got somehow got over the fence, went under, went around, went over and uh, ran up in front of me, right, right to my decoys. And I was just, man, that was so exciting to, uh, to bust that turkey and get a, get a turkey last year. And so I'm, I'm super excited about this year, finding a place to go turkey hunting and, uh, and busting a turkey. I mean, there, there's just something about, and, and I think a lot of people will equate it to elk hunting when you're calling elk and you're trying to get elk to come in and, uh, they, they really, they equate the elk hunting and the calling to, to, uh, turkey hunting. And so I'm excited. There's a lot of fishing going on right now. A lot of white bass fishing. Holy cow. People smacking white bass, filling up their freezers with white bass and now crappie and, uh, and I'm not opposed to keeping some black bass either. So, hey, it's the Outdoor Zone. We're live in the bunkhouse. I'm TJ Graney doing solo right now. Hoping one of the guys, Beefsteak, should be on his way. I, I think he's getting me a nice, strong cup of black coffee. Um, but it's the Outdoor Zone. It's spring forward. You're getting it only one place. Live in the bunkhouse. 7 to 9 on Sunday mornings or 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. This is Michael Waddell with The Bone Collector, and you're listening to TJ, Cody Ryan, and Beefsteak on the number one outdoor radio show, The Outdoor Zone. All right. Thank you, Michael. Welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. I'm TJ Graney, your host. And we're just trying to spring forward this first hour, just trying to get in to the groove here. Got some coffee here. It's not quite strong enough. We pour water over those old coffee grinds here in the bunkhouse and uh, probably ought to put some new coffee grinds in there just a little bit. Make it a little bit stronger. Hey, let the celebration begin at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. For 80 years, Jeeps have offered their dominating features of off-road and on-road excellence. And for over 37 years, Nile Maxwell's given you the lowest prices on every new Jeep. And during the Jeep Celebration event, they're even lower. We have hundreds of Jeeps on the lot and every make and model and every color and every single one is marked down with huge discounts so you save big today no other guys are going to promise you low prices uh now the other guys are going to promise you low prices 
But we're going to give you thousands in year-end savings along with Niall Maxwell's personal promise to beat any competitor's price in Central Texas. Come save thousands at Niall Maxwell Supercenter. 621-83 in Austin. See all the savings online at NiallMaxwellSupercenter.com. So right now is typically our fishing segment when Cody will be talking about the tournaments and talking about uh, what's going on in the local lakes. And I was wondering a little bit about it myself. And as just a regular guy out there, regular fisherman, and, um, and I used to be very involved in the Outdoor Journalism, Outdoor Writers Association, and knew all the guys that wrote the weekly fishing reports. So these were guys that they were journalists or local fishing guides or somebody who either lived on the lake or was at the lake or near the lake every day for the different lakes around Texas. And then you go to Texas Parks and Wildlife website and you can click on the uh, fishing reports. And I haven't looked at them in a really long time, but I don't need to because I got Cody. And Cody's so obsessive, compulsively tuned into the fishing and it talks to people every day, all day about fishing and he knows what's going on. So really that's where our focus is, is just getting the information out of him and but I thought, oh, I'm going to go over there and look and see what they offer. Um, because just as a regular guy, you want to you want to go fishing somewhere. You want to kind of find out, well, what do I do? How do I do it? And uh, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering again, just how accurate and how these are done. Um, the the uh, Fishing reports that, so the state is broken up into regions for the fishing reports. I think there's five or six regions. I clicked on the Hill Country region, and it's got Lake Austin, Brownwood, Buchanan, Canyon Lake, Granger, LBJ. And I'm looking at them, and the first thing that I notice is um, there's some difference in the temperatures. Uh, They're averaging the water temperature is right around 50 that just seems really cold to me 50 degrees and uh but and it seems colder than you would think for the largemouth bass to be hitting just a little bit colder from what i remember uh and like buchanan it says it's 52 canyon lake 52 lbj 45 Lake Travis, 54. So that young man that caught the record bass on Lake Travis, uh, the water temperature had to be in the 50s, probably upper 50s. The sun was out for a couple of days, so it had to warm it up a little bit. But uh, I was just wondering, where where do people go to get the good information? There there used to be some uh, some links online, some like austinbassfishing.com and some chat rooms, or I guess they're called chat rooms now. But there was forums, forums, where you could go and you'd get good information. Um, J.P. Greeson was a guy who used to run the, the Texas Fishing Forum, 
and uh, and it was good information, current. It was you guys, the the fishermen out there that listened to this show that would go on there and and uh, chime in on what they saw on the lake, and uh, so uh, I I don't, you know, I I'm a big fan of uh, of getting good information, knowing what to do, but I don't know that I've that very often I've looked at websites to figure out what baits to use. I I guess for years when I first started fishing, especially Lake Travis with Cody, I had some go-to baits. They were just the ones that I had confidence in and I knew how to use them. And if I, it was a rare thing for me to switch over to something that I didn't have success with and try and use it. I mean, I mean, there's guys out there, they're using all kinds of rigs now, the umbrella rigs where they got five or six baits coming off of them, just swimming through the water, big old things. And, uh, there's, there's all kinds of different baits out there, obviously just new, better, sharper hooks, whatever all that stuff is. But, uh, I just always kind of stuck with what was successful for me um now when you get down to the coast uh for for a lot of years i fished with with dead bait cut bait and i didn't realize that if i could figure out live bait the fish i caught would be different so once i started learning how to use live bait live shrimp then i'd catch trout and my the i'd catch more sport fish i'd catch things that were more um more uh more what I was looking for instead of hard heads or, uh, silly things like that. But the, uh, and then I, and then I started fishing with some artificials on the coast and got, had a little success with some artificial baits. That was, that was a whole nother, uh, whole nother step into the fishing. But most of it was just from being with people like a guide or, um, one of our guides, we'd go down and fish, and they'd show me, or I'd pay attention to what they're doing. Uh, for for somebody who's not fished, or if you're new to the area, I'd highly recommend hiring a guide. Or if you're even if you're going somewhere, instead of trying to figure it all out, spend the money on a local guide and and have a day with a guide. And uh, I know beef when you were uh, when you're trying to figure out the coast. And, uh, and your, uh, son-in-law and your grandkids were going down to the coast. Yep. You just hired, uh, Captain Taylor and you guys, I mean, they had a blast. They caught fish. They experienced it differently when they could have very easily, uh, just tried to fish off a jetty, fish off a dock, which where if you're going down to a place like that and you don't know it. I mean, when you go to the jetties and you fish off the jetties and you don't know how to fish off the jetties. We did that. And you're constantly caught in the rocks. and Or, or the crabs eat all your uh, shrimp. Get all in. <laughs> I mean, it's it changes the whole experience, right? It yeah. goes from this, which I, I love fishing off the jetty. I love, and probably the grandkids probably spent more time uh, running around on the rocks and yes. looking at the bugs crawling around and which is fun, but if you want to catch something, if you really want to learn about catching, or you, you need to go 
And I, I guess on the jetties you could walk down and watch the people on the jetties, but uh, the people that are catching them, yeah, the people that yeah. are catching them. But the chance there. of you, the event, but once you get out on the jetties or you're somewhere like that to go and all the way back into town to get, you know, the right kind of popping cork and the right kind. I mean, anyway, I, uh, they were more interested in the feral cat that was hanging out there waiting for people to pull food out and grab it. The thing would jump on. If you got something, it'd run, uh, run down there and jump on it. That's crazy. <laughs> so, so I was just talking, uh, I was just talking. Oh, yeah, by about, the way, let me catch up. I was listening to you though. Okay. Well, welcome in. Uh sorry about that. Um <laughs> I, yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's beefsteak. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we uh it's 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 that day. It's, it's quite a morning. You know, spring forward. An hour. Hey, it's uh my my, my chicken is fired. my rooster's fired. It's act, way, it's, it's actually seven twenty eight. If you're listening to this, if you're late, you're late. But uh, welcome. It's the outdoor zone. We'll take a break when we come back on the flip side. Uh, wait, I need to do. I need to remind you that if we're going into spring break, and now's the time for you to go buy Sun Automotive and get the oil changed, get everything checked before you get on that long, long road trip for spring break. When it comes to auto repair and maintenance needs, brake repairs, transmission services, Sun Automotive sincerely appreciates having the opportunity to serve you at the Sun Auto Service Repair Shop nearest you. Follow them on Facebook, too, for great maintenance tips and specials every week. they got locations all around Central Texas, 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway. 1206 Ranch Road 620. Just go to sunautoservice.com. com. Okay, when we come back on the flip side, we'll do News of the Weird and we'll find out just what happened with Beefsteak. Oh, no, 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 no. All right, live in the bunkhouse. We'll be right back. I'm Everstar Pro, Ron Sheffield, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Up this morning before the sun, fixed me some coffee and a honey bun. Jumped in my pickup, gave her the gas. I'm going out to catch a five-pound bass. Down by the All right, welcome back, regulators. I'm TJ Graney, your host in the bunkhouse. Live in the bunkhouse, and a little kind of a drizzly morning. But uh, what what were you saying, uh, Road Rash? You were saying that the weather was up around Dallas. It really wasn't around here. You said you had you had the a, a uh, weather forecaster that was <laughs> almost always right. Yeah, it looked like it was more up in the DFW area right now. So not quite uh, not quite hitting Austin as hard. Okay, well, good. Well, uh, I've got form boards out on the out on the farm uh ready for concrete and i what i don't need is anything to stop all the work getting done to uh continue to move forward with that archery country man can't wait to get my target set up and start shooting again uh you just 
now is the time to go and and really start to tune in, get all your gear together. If you want to, if you're looking for new gear, now's the time to get it. Archery Country, the Archery Trade Show is going to be coming up. These guys will be a part of that, and they'll they'll have all the new gear. These are the guys that live, eat, and breathe archery. They can tell you everything you need to know. They have all the gear. They have the Matthews bows. They have the newest Matthews bows. Staff and owners at, at owners at Archery Country are not just part-time shooters. They're avid bow hunters and 3D sh- shooters that hunt and compete. You can find all the gear, targets, arrows, and accessories you need on-site and available for professional installation every day. Archery Country is at 8121 Research Boulevard. Just go to austinarcherycountry.com, austinarcherycountry.com. Dot com. Now it's time for your news of the weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of strange things out there uh and i guess they're not all that strange but they were like strange out where well just outside and in the world like um spending like you can say melanistic deer Uh are weird black deer but there's a gene that that travels around in the Deer pools in certain areas, I know, are, are Central good. Central Texas is are one of them. Really heavy, and one of our buddies, uh, Doc, mm-hmm. raises mm-hmm. deer, and he's bred that melanistic into some of his deer, and it's really got some really cool deer. And it's so I amazing. guess you can do yeah. some of that stuff. Um, uh, a snake breeder who accidentally bred a ball python with the shape of three smiley faces emojis on its body said he sold the designer reptile for $6,000. Justin Kolbeck, <laughs> who had been breeding snakes for two decades, said he was attempting to breed ball pythons for color combinations of bright golden, yellow, and white when he ended up hatching a snake with three smiley faces on its scales. The breeder said the snake was born after about eight years of working to breed pythons for color combination. Kobe said he estimates about one in 20 of the snakes he bred for the color combination would have a smiley face, but the snake is the only, this snake is the only one that he's ended up that's had three smiley faces on its scale. It was, did you see the picture? No, I I need to, I need to post it. Uh, it was smiley faces on the you side were of the impressed snake. weren't you well i mean you know i mean i don't know I, i'm not the I, I know people who uh some young guys who breed or have snakes and lizards and stuff in their house they're big into that stuff i we had one snake a corn snake that was when uh i Purposely. guess we, yeah we As had a it pet. in a, yeah in like a little like a aquarium, aquarium, and and it got out in the upstairs, and it's never been seen. It's still it's still living there somewhere, I'm sure. No wonder you had to move. <laughs> and uh, but it it uh, you know, I just I saw my first snake at the farm. It was trying to get into my back door. Really? Mm-hmm. What kind of snake was it? 
I think it was just snake. a rat snake or corn snake or uh, no, it wasn't a corn snake, but just a rat snake. But I mean, have you ever been around people that uh, breed those? I mean, seriously. And uh, my, growing up, my friend, his brothers were weird, and they had tons of snakes. And uh, they had like a shed in the back of their house on their property that it smelled horrible. And it was what they called the rat house. Yeah, where they had to have the feeders mice and, and mice. Rats and rats and, oh, I. And there it, used to be. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. So there was a. So. Oh, so. I had. The, a, I had a the, business. A, I, uh, <laughs> I had an office off of Burleson Road in South Austin. Headed towards the airport. In the hood. In a little, yeah. it was in a little uh, business park, you know, where they have little office warehouses, just rows and rows of them. It was that over by where the uh, warehouse stuff is? Like yeah, Austin, yeah, yeah. Like the Bolt company? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. the, and, and the tire company and all those different yeah, places. Yeah, you know that then. You know yeah. them over there. So <laughs> I, there was a, one of those businesses over there was a guy who had rats and he had frozen baby rats and stuff like that i mean that was his business he sold frozen rats wow i didn't know that you could do frozen rats but these were all live and they fed they had to have a lot of rats and mice for their snake collection which it smelled horrible yeah and it was kind of that's weird just nasty so that's one of the problems with having you, you a snake you. farm you know you do you me well i've been watching uh so, have you ever been to a rattlesnake rodeo? No, I have not. I've oh, heard dude. a lot about them. Have you ever? Ro- no, no. But no, I went I never to. I knew this was a thing. No, oh I went my to a gosh! Church. You're in Texas, boys. I went to a church once that had you know, snakes. Yeah. No. So really, we'll put those back in the. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, Pentecost. Wow, that'll be a that'll be an episode. It was an Easter. So, uh, no, there. It's a big thing in Texas. You go to a rattlesnake rodeo, and they'll have big. T- big you know uh circular fenced area that's full of rattlesnakes and you can eat they say rattlesnake meat is the most expensive meat on the planet or something like that Hudson you don't get a lot on yeah. it. i mean i guess per pound you don't get a lot on uh, on it but you can get fried rattlesnake and there's people touching them and slinging them around and everything it's uh, it's a big deal i saw a guy getting them uh so driving up 71 like you're going towards you know, Marble Falls or Lake Buchanan or yeah, something. Uh-huh. And they have where the roads cut through the cliffs. Yep. So he was poking in the holes on the sides of those oh, cliffs. Man. And he was pulling rattlesnakes out of it. They have a big glove on or like he had a those... stick? A stick. Well, not a stick, but like a metal hook yeah, thing. Yeah. He'd go up in there and poke around. And now oh, he, my. I could smell gasoline. And but it's illegal to use gasoline to get them out of there because the smell of the gasoline forces them out of their dens. I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to use that. And I want. I don't want them getting out though. So <laughs> they, I could smell gasoline, and I, I didn't say anything to the guy, but I knew that there was a little hocus pocus. So what going are you on. gonna do? You're gonna go over there and bust him? Hey, man. As you're holding, uh, you know, all these rattlesnakes. Did you use gasoline? You know, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with that. <laughs> to like, a guy that would pull a rattlesnake out of the side of a cliff. Yeah. Know? That old Bubba. 
I mean, He's the last gotta, guy I'm messing with. How do you get you to don't that know. point where you're pulling rattlesnakes out? Yeah, it's just what, I mean, you just, I mean, because where do you find joy? You know, you might be a rattlesnake guy. Might ride a motorcycle. Well, that's a whole different thing. No, it that's ain't. cool. It's the same. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, in a lot, a lot of circles, being a rattlesnake handler and going to rattlesnake rodeo was a big deal. It's a cool deal. I can imagine. So now I did hear lots of stories. I mean, some of our buddies at, at base camp will tell us about how they uh, would get a find a barn, something like that, that had a whole bunch of them. And, I mean, they would just go and for hours cut the heads off of those snakes, you know, and, and, uh, and get rid of them. And I, Mr. Pickens was one of those that, you know, it's, all right, you step on the head and they cut it off and it drops in a bucket and then they take it up and they, they uh, fillet it. I don't know that I want to be around a place where there's a whole bunch of them just That's what I'm talking roaming about. around wild. If you've ever had, well, you know, where we, uh, where we hunt, there's snakes over there too, man. Yeah, I've told you about that, my encounters with the snakes and Living shoot. underneath your deer stand? Yeah, and I, there's still got two bullet holes nine millimeter bullet holes in the side of my deer, my deer lease my deer stand uh from my snake encounter hey shore raw barn grill uh mrs grainy and nine of her little cackling friends oh i bet that was quite oh man a deal, they man. went over there and uh they saw rick Wahlberg, the owner and they had this table full of 10 ladies and they had the big time oh at Shore Raw Bar and Grill. If you've got a group of ladies, if you've got a group of friends, you want to do dinner out with your wife or dinner out with some friends, the hottest new restaurant in Austin, Shore Raw Bar and Grill. All of their fish, everything is brought in fresh every week. They handpick it. They're serving regional coastal cuisine, combining flavors from Texas, Louisiana, and Mexico. It is, man, go to their Facebook page. It'll show you some of their... Uh, new offerings every week. They got a great pet-friendly patio, live music, fresh breads, fresh desserts. Rick Wahlberg and Jim Snyder invite you to join them at Short Raw Barn Grill, located at Highway 71 West at Covered Bridge, just west of the Y and Oak Hill. The Short Raw Barn Grill. Go to shortatx.com for details. Shortatx.com for details. Go get you some. All right, when we come back on the flip side, we got game warden field notes and more. Only one place. Live in the bunkhouse, Sunday morning, 7 to 9 or 24 7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, American Blood Brothers, this is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother, TJ. Whack them and stack them, would you? All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. 
Spring forward, hit the road in a new GMC because we're offering huge deals on everything right now. Now, Maxwell GMC, we're offering you huge savings on every new GMC in stock. Don't wait until the last minute to get the best deals on hundreds of professional-grade GMCs. Come in and get these savings right now. Uh, how about the 21, 2021 Arc- Arcadia SUV with three rows of seating to fit up to seven? And when you don't need the third row, it's 50-50 split, offers you more cargo room with options. This SUV packs a big punch with a tension-getting style that can go anywhere and do anything that 21 has in store. Now Maxwell GMC, exit 256 in Round Rock, online at nilemaxwellgmc.com. Let's see here. Now it's time for your Game Warden Field Notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. So, um, a search for a California woman who was missing for two weeks last fall at Zion National Park in Utah before being found alive cost about $60,000, park officials said Thursday. The cost estimate was provided by park officials who released investigative reports revealing the search was about to be scaled back the morning that Holly Susan Courtier was of Los Angeles was found in a hammock near a trail thanks to a tip from someone who saw her there. She was alive? dead heavily redacted reports don't say what happened to courtier or why it was so difficult to find her in the park that is relatively small compared to other sprawling national parks during the park during the search the park and nearby town of springdale springdale were filled with missing person sign featuring courtier and the clothes she was wearing in a case that generated national interest after the Rangers found Courtier on October 18, 2020, she walked about 1,000 feet to a nearby road and was taken to a park building where she agreed to be interviewed by Rangers. What she told them, however, was redacted in the report. So this story goes on and on and on, and I looked into the... What's the bottom line, man? The what? bottom line is undecided. It's redacted. It's blocked out of the reports. They don't give you the bottom line. She was a thousand. They had her family was searching with their friends and a whole nother group of people. And the Park Service and the Rangers with helicopters and all their search teams were looking, were looking. And this was in Zion. Now, there's some places in Zion where you can fall off a cliff and it's treacherous but for the most part it's it's not that big the roads you know it's not like a jungle and (laughs) and all of a sudden she pops back up somebody said oh yeah i saw that chick she's just right down there how old was she 
This smells like a teenager that No, it's got she's mad. not a teenager. She was like Okay, I don't know the age. I'm looking at her picture. I looked at her picture and she was probably in her 30s. In her 30s. Mm. So, did she have a medical but, marijuana license? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing is she was from LA. So, hmm. Okay. Interesting. Clue number 1. You know, uh, and and boy, she's she's getting roasted on social media. I mean, they're about just, the money spent. And, yeah, the money spent, and like you know, what what was what are you doing, and what was the point, and all that, and uh, and she hadn't made any comments. Nobody said anything. But my what what bothered me about it is getting lost and utilizing those resources uh-huh. is a real deal. That's a big deal to utilize the resources to have our rangers and those people out there mm-hmm. and. And 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 th- t- that danger that it provokes for them is a real deal, and so part of it they were saying that uh, the park rangers gave them daily updates, but they kept the searches separate from those by volunteers because they didn't want to accept liability for volunteers that were out there. Right, I never thought about that. It's dangerous. And so the family had, I mean, this was in the national news and the family had all their friends and, you know, everybody rushed in and they're looking for this chick and it's a big deal. And, and of course the, the, and yes, the, and the park service said, well, wait, 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 you know, we can't just have people doing this. And, but that, I mean, what do you say? It's like, oh, it's my daughter or my family member. I'm going looking. I don't care what you say. You know, it's kind of like, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But I was just, man, that would be rough to have that amount of time spent. I'm just thinking about the family, you know, that were concerned. And then, and she's uh, hanging out in a hammock a thousand feet from the road. That's yeah, where they find her. I mean, there's something. Why was it so redacted? I mean, what would be so private? That you couldn't. Well, there needs to be some kind of statement is what it is. is. I'm going all over the place with this. Well, and that's what everybody, and and you had people, (laughs) you know, like, hey, it's probably a personal thing. Right. It's none of our business, you know, but, well, it becomes our business when we're spending 60 grand and our our rangers are out there doing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it could cause problems for everybody for us at some point somehow down the road anyway i was just i had a couple of different thoughts about it one is um not cool if it was just a you know pouty little girl thing or something like that but the real dangers the real dangers and and it was it's interesting because they couldn't find her our park rangers in this park, which yeah. is pretty small, that's kind of a weird. Like she was deal. hiding from them. In other well, words, well, I don't know that it's so much hiding or hiding in plain view. You know, if she was just like walking with other groups, she'd just join in. Or I, who? I don't know. It's crazy. It's yeah. weird. It was just weird. But but the 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 potential of getting lost and and those dangers are not something that I take lightly because people get lost in the woods. People get lost. I had a, 
a friend tell me yesterday that they're so a friend of ours husband is starting to deal with dementia mm. well alzheimer's mm-hmm. two different things and but he's a bike rider and so he gets out on his bike and he likes to ride which is good for him it's good to be yeah. trying but he called her the other day and he said he couldn't remember how to get back home yeah and so she had you know she had to figure that out and gps right i mean and and you know parks fishing lakes anything like that um getting lost is a real thing i can i've been lost yeah i know what it is it's super scary it's not cool and when those resources go out I take it very seriously. It's an important thing to go and try that a couple times to get your bearings, know if you've got what you uh, need when you get in trouble in the woods. I had a guy tell me the other day that his specialty in the armed services was, uh, was uh, um, what is it with the compass and the... Map reading and, and topology. And, 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 yeah, all that. Kind of, that was his specialty. And I said, I want you to come and teach me that. I want to learn that. Hey, farmranchstore.com, you want a piece of dirt and you want to put a gate up? I bought my very first gate. We were all so proud of you. I bought a preferred gate. gate. These guys have them. They have exactly what you need. There's no better way to ensure a successful farm or ranch operation than to have safe and well-built equipment you can rely on for years. From handling equipment, ranching equipment, to fencing, feeders, rodeo arenas, we're proud to offer you top-quality products available on the farm and ranch market today. FarmRanchStore.com. FarmRanchStore.com. That's the place to go to get all the gear for that piece of dirt. FarmRanchStore.com where the landowner goes to get the job done. All right, we'll take a break. Come back on the flip side. We have got some, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about China on the flip side. And it'll tie it all together. It will tie it all together. You mean do a little yen, a little yang? Fill up your coffee cup. We'll be right back. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse, 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com.